We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Day in history. Uh, against the backdrop of these very, very dark times, our Prime Minister is thankfully recovering. We continue to pray for him. Against the backdrop of hundreds and hundreds of people uh, in our nation dying and across the world. Uh, bleak and, and difficult times. The world is in turmoil. We're looking at the present time about the, obviously the health and life situation, but as we're constantly reminded, these times are gonna have serious and severe economic consequences in coming days. And yet God is still on his throne. Whilst we're considering the problem here, we also need to be conscious of what's happening in the other nations in which we have a very real involvement. I've uh, been talking to the brothers in Zimbabwe, exceedingly difficult situation there. Very concerned. Uh, in a number of the nations where they don't have the same support as we do. Terrible global impact of this virus on our lives. Interestingly, the situation 2000 years ago was also very bleak. It was very dark times. You see, the people there were looking for deliverance from Rome. They were under oppression. They were living under an occupied authority. There was a pandemic of sin, which of course continues across the world. For Jesus, those that were closest to him, uh, in his deepest need, and invited them to, to pray with him, and they fell asleep. It's a bleak and difficult times. One of those that he loved, that were closest to him, betrayed him. Terrible, terrible times. And yet, against the backdrop of that awful time, we have the greatest event in the whole of history. But I'm going to just take a moment to think about what he saw. You know, the Bible says... Uh, in Matthew 27, that they sat down and just watched him. It, it was a spectacle. I want to turn it the other way around just for a few moments and say, what did he see as he hung on the cross? Well, of course, he saw the two robbers, one on either side of him, one hurling incense and the other turning for help and hope. He said those amazing words to him uh, as he recognized who Jesus was. And he said, today you will be with me in paradise. Of course, people passed by, some hurled insults at him. Priests mocked him, soldiers gambled for his clothes. And amongst all that, he saw his own mother standing there watching him and had compassion upon her and called out to his disciple, 
to look after his mother. You see, in amongst all those specifics, he saw the great need of the people, all types of people, rich and poor, Greek and Jew, didn't matter who they were, he saw their need, the great need, was that they needed a new route through to God. He saw that some turned away, others were ready to respond to his love. He saw his frightened followers kind of looking from far off. And yet he hung there and he died for all. And that all, of course, includes you and me. When he hung on that cross, he saw you and he saw me. And his love for us kept him there. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Some people were just kind of looking idly on. They weren't particularly interested. They missed the very moment in history that was the greatest that they will ever be. But today, we recognize that this resurrection of Jesus was a, was a great event. Of course, I'm talking first about the crucifixion, but it didn't finish there because three days later, Jesus was raised from the dead. And the final weapon of the enemy was defeated. You know, right now, the whole world is searching for a vaccine, a, a discovery of something that would deal with this horrific virus. We long for world peace, the abolition of hunger, the end of wars, turning away from selfishness. And yet greater than all these things was the fact that Christ is risen from the dead because that is the turning point in the whole of history and the whole of life because it gives us the entry into God, into fellowship with him, which is what we were designed for. C.T. Studd said those famous words, if Christ be God and die for me, no sacrifice too great can be. See, even at the time of the resurrection, there was still confusion and fear. See, the backdrop of confusion and fear doesn't change the reality of who God is and what he's done in sending his son for us says that they were behind closed doors for fear. Well, we understand something about closed doors with these current lock-ins. We understand that there is a, an atmosphere of, of fear, and yet Jesus is risen from the dead. We have hope, we have him, and we can turn to him. Well, on that day, the story goes that Two of the women went to the tomb and, of course, found that he wasn't there. The famous words were spoken to them, he's not here, for he's risen. What great words that echo down through history. They rang back to the disciples. Peter and John rushed there. You see, the disciples were hiding because of fear, and Jesus breaks into fear. He breaks into our lives. He brings something that's utterly different. He enables us to live outside of and beyond our circumstances. He brings us into a relationship 
with God through his death and resurrection. We have the joy of being able to turn to the reality of the fact that Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. <clears throat> that covers a vast area. But I want to just think about one or two of the benefits that we live in. See, there's power in the resurrection. The fact that he conquered the ultimate. He conquered sin. You see, the disciples, they turned away. They were hiding. They were in fear. And yet he goes, he sends a message, go tell my disciples. See, in the very act of what he's and what he's bringing, the very act of resurrection, the very act of him being raised from the dead, there's a power and ability over the awful issue of rejection. They were experiencing that sense of feeling left and alone. Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 61, we see that part of this great gift of salvation is dealing with rejection, the thing that causes us to react in negative ways, find it difficult to receive love, something that goes very deep. You know, built into humankind is that need to be loved and belong. And the amazing thing is, we're not just part of any particular family, but that we're part now of the family of God. See, because he raised, he was raised from the dead, because of the resurrection, because he's alive, there's a victory over the power of rejection that causes us to live under an orphan spirit. But let's think of something else. You see, sometime after he raised from the dead, he appeared again to the disciples who were again in behind locked doors in an upper room. And I guess that was a fantastic moment for them. They were rejoicing. They were excited. The problem was there was one that wasn't there. And we've all heard of Thomas, often called Doubting Thomas. You can imagine what it was like when they came and they said, oh, Jesus is alive. Everything that they'd hoped for that had been smashed, every expectation that they had that had been destroyed, has now changed around. And Thomas was very real. Thomas said, you know, I know what I'm like. I know unless I see it for myself, I can't believe it. And the amazing thing was that Jesus came again. And he came specifically and he came and spoke to Thomas and invited Thomas to check and see the reality. See, here's the amazing thing about the resurrection. Even when we struggle to believe, even when we're sort of restricted by unbelief, if we're prepared to be real and confess that, Jesus himself will deal with unbelief. That's why the gospel is so simple. We choose, we make a choice to believe that Jesus walked this earth, was crucified and was raised from the dead. And then we are dependent. We make that choice. We make the choice that is consistent with saying, because he's been raised from the dead, God says he should be Lord over all. We can only make the choice. The ability to believe 
is the miracle that God does, that deals with our inability, rational, logical people to believe something like that. That's the gift of salvation, the ability to believe. And if we're honest and deal with the unbelief and confess it and say, we can't do this, but we choose to believe it, then of course we're dependent on the miracle working of God that gives us that revelation that causes us to be able to live in the reality of the truth that he was raised from the dead. And of course, our sins are forgiven. That barrier that keeps us away from God is dealt with. And we can actually say, because he lives, I live also. And because of this, we can actually know his presence, which is beyond description to actually live in the presence of God. You see, we need to just remember when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't left without friends. He wasn't left without help. In fact, he declared himself he could have called 10,000 legions of angels. In fact, he said, nobody takes my life. I lay it down. He chose to do that for us. And on this Easter day, in this time where we celebrate resurrection, we recognize this was a choice that he made, that we might come to be part of his family and to be knowing his presence, knowing the joy, knowing the peace, which only he can give. Christ once suffered for sins, 1 John 3 tells us, the just for the unjust, that he could bring us to God. See, Jesus' death wasn't just so that we can sort of lead a better life or be an example. It was so that sin could be utterly dealt with and we could live in relationship with him, cleansed and delivered, set free, transformed. I guess we've got a pretty good reason for celebrating that he is alive, that Jesus is alive. There's some questions which may help in applying personally the things that I've said, they'd be available on the screen. I would like today that we just finish with a different song. Now look, it may not be your flavor. I like it and I get to choose it. But it's a story, it's a kind of performed song and it's told as it were from the eyes of Peter, and the position of Peter. And it finishes with this great declaration that he's alive. And maybe you might feel to join in that part and say, yeah, he's alive. Let's have the song. Thank you. The gates and doors were barred. Gates and doors were barred, and all the windows fastened down. I spent the night in sleeplessness, and rose at every sound. Half in hopeless sorrow, half in fear the day, would find the soldiers breaking through to drag us all away. Then just before the sunrise, I heard something at the wall. The gate began to rattle, and a voice began to call. I hurried to the window, 
never looked down into the street expecting swords and torches and the sound of soldiers' feet. But there was no one there but Mary, so I went down to let her in. And John stood there beside me as she told us where she'd been. She said, they've moved him in the night and none of us knows where. Oh, the stone's been rolled away and now his body isn't there. So we both ran to the garden, then John ran on ahead. And we found the stone, an empty tomb, just the way that Mary said. But the winding sheet they'd wrapped him in was just an empty shell. And how or where they'd taken him was more than I could tell. Oh, something strange had happened there, just what I did not know. John believed a miracle, but I just turned to go. Circumstance and speculation couldn't lift me very high. Cause I'd seen them crucify him. And then I saw him die. Back inside the house again, the guilt and anguish came. Everything I promised him just added to my shame. When at last it came to choices, I denied I knew his name. So even if he was alive, never be the same. Then suddenly, the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume. Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room. Then Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide. And I fell down on my knees and I just clung to him. Oh, but then he raised me to my feet. And as I looked into his eyes, love was shining out from him like sunlight from the skies. Guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet release. Oh, and every fear I'd ever had just melted into peace.
have a great week. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK. Thank you.